What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Cedar Fork Podcast. You're here with your brothers, your boy K Malone, Ryan Wilson. We had a brief hiatus, but we're back. Let's get it. What's up, everybody? You already know the deal. Episode 10, Cedar Fork Podcast. The brothers, your boy K Malone, Ryan Wilson. You know, we had to take a little brief hiatus. You know, this COVID thing is real. <laughs> I didn't want to believe it until I got it. It don't get real till it's in your backyard, huh? What? Yo, please wear your mask. Mm, mm, don't mm. don't just put it on. All y'all people that I see it dangling, you know, on your uh, <laughs> rear view mirror in your car. No, put it on. Wearing it on your chin, not over your mouth, or no. over your mouth and not over your nose. Yeah. Wear that thing to the fullest. Yes. All you people that, that have symptoms walking around be like, ah, I just got a cold. Ain't nobody getting a cold in the summer. Go get tested. Yeah. COVID gave you the blues. Man, shut me down. It's out 14 days. Lost five pounds. Lost my sense of smell for nine days. It's real, you know, For and I want, we want our people to know. Look, for all those older people out there that it's tougher to combat, you know, versus somebody like me, just... You know, keep those people in mind for real, for real, for sure. Yeah. But with that being said, we're here. We're back. We're ten episodes in. In full effect. Yes, sir. We're gonna be coming at y'all hard. We. It's so great to have sports back. We got content for y'all. But the main thing, you know, we talk about is basketball. So the NBA games, they're they're here. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been live and intense. Yeah, for sure. So they're playing in Orlando. You know, we already talked about it. They brought in 22 teams. It's getting interesting. It's getting real. You know, teams starting to drop out. Teams starting to take form. I mean, it's good. I mean, they've done a great job of trying to put on the most safest, um, best televised, you know, event that they could do to bring bring basketball back. Yeah, it's been an experience. Uh, I'm, I know I'm glad that we're back and uh... – these games have been intense. Yeah, I mean it's 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 different though. You got games with no fans, you yeah. know, playing in you know the the three different arenas they have. Obviously, you've seen they've put the fans like up on the board, pumping crowd noise. You know, try to make it as real as possible. Um, the one thing I want to say, shout out to all the players though. I mean, because some of these teams, their benches are live. You know, just giving like their real energy. Like, just if you was in practice or pickup or playing in a scrimmage, like you gotta bring your own energy. Yeah, I was definitely gonna say that. It's like a, it's like a pickup game, a pick pickup game that you dream of. Yeah, that you look forward to, like in the summer. Also, one thing that we want to commend um, Adam Silver and the NBA on the players' board. I mean, everybody, the fact that they have zero confirmed tests. Yeah, and what they were willing to do to create this bubble and make these guys go through. Uh, rigorous tests in terms of checking in every day on their phones. Um, they have the app where they put in their information and if they feel anything or symptoms. Uh, the teams and players having to come in and quarantine from the beginning, uh, trying to keep everybody isolated from each other to start until all 22 teams that came in are confirmed and they can kind of let the players, you know, mingle amongst themselves and then others. And then also just um, the continual upkeep of, you know, getting these tests done. And then if guys leave the bubble, you got to come back and quarantine. Um, so commend commend them on that. Hope everybody follows suit. 
Yeah, I was definitely uh, skeptical in the beginning because I was thinking that they were going to keep the Disney employees locked up too. But they get to go home and come back. It's like, how do you keep track of what they're doing? But I guess they figured something out. Yeah, for sure. And like we talked about it too. We discussed what is that going to be like when you're just in this bubble and it's just you and, you know, everybody else. And um, obviously a lot of things transpired from March when the league shut down and we did our like first second episode to now where you had to go through just the process of everybody trying to figure out what is COVID like, what can it do? How bad is it? How can we slow it down? You got the social injustice. You got just trying to get back. What's the safest way to do it to now this it's been a wild like five months. Yeah. They've definitely laid the groundwork on, you know, staying safe, keeping good health. So, you know, hopefully the, the rest of the world can follow suit. Yeah, for sure. Because the biggest thing is you want to keep it up. You you want to continue to have um, this safe haven, obviously, for, you know, high-profile prof- high athletes. Now, kind of there's a bad side to it because you, you have all the regular people in the world that still have to deal with it. And you yeah. get, you know, these people that make all this amount of money that get to kind of keep themselves safe for a period of time. But to have sports back to, to generate revenue, um, that's what we had to do. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, them being high-profile players, I feel like that that's not really an issue because, I mean, they have to follow the same safety precautions anyone would have to. Mm. Do they get tested every hour and hour? Yes, but they still have to follow the same guidelines that we all should. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the biggest thing that I take away from the aspect of just the bubble is, will the NFL follow suit? Will they find a way to, whether it's via training camp and once training camp starts, the only way that you're allowed to move around is with the team until you play games. I know it's a lot more difficult task when you have to account for a whole season, not just a condensed season, and you have 53 guys and then your practice squad guys. Like I, I, I would not want to be tasked trying to do that. Trying to do it for basketball, I, I would want to be a part of that, trying to figure it out. But for football, no way. Yeah, yeah. Because you think about these basketball teams, they've condensed their their uh, staff. Yeah, they're only bringing like well, the person is like thirty something people total. Right. And can but can you do that for a football team? Um, I, I mean, absolutely not. Because think about it: for the sheer number of players, you have that many more coaches, um, coordinators, whatever. You have that many more staff people to help them facilitate what they need done along along with strength conditioning and shifts and all that kind of stuff. And then that's once again, where do you put that sheer amount of players and make them feel comfortable and still give them the amenities they need? Yeah. Yeah. That, that That's something to think about for sure. I, I mean, then again, like we talked about it with your, with your dad off air, you know, about bringing it to the Dallas area with all these state of art facilities for sure. It could work. Yeah. Possibly. But they're definitely going to have to um, look at what the NBA did and try to as best copy that model. You definitely have to look at what the MLB has done because they've clearly struggled. Um, you've had two different teams basically had to postpone 10 or more games because of, you know, players and staff um, contracting COVID-19 and obviously trying their best to still isolate guys, but it's much different when you give them the ability just to um, go home and, you know, 
live their regular lives, but then still come back to the team and expect them to travel to all these different cities and not, you know, possibly catch is very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about, uh, what was it? The PAC 10? PAC 12. They postponed there. Yeah. So PAC 12 and the big 10 have postponed, uh, football for sure. And pretty much fall sports period. And, um, it looks like the big 12 and the sec are going to stick with their plan of playing conference games only. And, um, it, it sucks, and I understand the perspective of both of those conferences trying to keep the student-athletes in mind and um, the fact that they're going to try to make sure they honor everybody's scholarship, give them that extra year eligibility if they are if they cancel seasons you know, from fall and spring. But the thing that's coming out of it, which is good, is the players are speaking up. College athletes are now starting to get a voice because they want to have their voice heard whether they decide they play or not play. But it's just difficult because for guys that are getting paid to do this, this is your job. So you right. take that risk. But these, um, you know, college athletes, for some of them, this is going to be their last time to play at a high level. Right. You know, and for some of these guys, they're trying to now put themselves in a position, whether it's football, basketball, whatever, in a position to go make millions of dollars. And it's it's tough. It's a, it's a tough side because they, they're willing to take that risk knowing that they might be able to secure their future. It's their livelihood. Some some of these players, it's their livelihood. This next season, they depend on it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people don't have other talents or skills that they've invested in, and that's all they know. For sure. So it's like, do you think of it from the health standpoint, or do you think of it from the student-athlete standpoint? Yeah. Talking to um, a high-level college player, talking to his dad, um, this kid is at Gonzaga, um, he's a sophomore. His dad is actually kind of happy that he's gone and he's at school just because of the way that they're facilitating um, keeping the kids, um, you know, within their own little bubble. And it's just he just said if he was here doing it online, you know, he ha- kind of has to, you know, worry about because, you know, obviously wants his son to be able to train and do those other things. But, um, you know, you're not getting that that testing all the time because that's something depending on if you have insurance and like that's a whole nother thing about how often can you test for, you know, when you're in these bubbles, you, you're given the ability to take this test and not have to worry about coming out of pocket. And that's the main thing that the athletes are fighting for as well is like, are you guys going to ensure that if you're going to test us, this is something you guys are covering the college, the university, the conference, not us out of our own pocket. So, you know, for the, the conferences and schools that are taking care of that, it is a benefit to those kids to be in school where they're quarantined with their team or in, in amongst the bubble of the other students there. So it's 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 a lot. Yeah. Everybody's having to think on their feet and be creative and be innovative. Yeah. Because, I mean, they're honoring eligibility, but, I mean, you're just getting older, and you, you don't know how long mm-hmm. this is going to be going. So yeah. what happens if you don't, if it's two, three years? Yeah, and the trickle-down effect is it, at some point it's going to hit, you know, very bad in terms of, I mean, how many years are kids going to be sitting, waiting, getting their turn? How many, you know, uh, classes are going to maybe have to just come in? Are they all red shirt? I mean, uh, that's, you know, the whole baseball thing. That's a whole nother thing. But it's just, it's right now, you know, we have to be at our best um, because if we're not, we're going to suffer in more ways than just sports. You know what I mean? And, and when we start talking about lives, that's a whole different thing. It's exactly like we said. I mean, COVID. It, it if it's done one thing, it's allowed you to expand your your skill, your craft, mm-hmm. your 
your profession or whatever it may be. Because, I mean, just like these student athletes, it may be no more whatever sport they play mm. because because of COVID. Yeah. So on yeah. a lighter note, though, y'all, yo, it's crazy right now on court. Like the dudes are going at it. The seeding games, there's two left. You know, we're going to get the playoffs here in about a week and a half. And there's some chirping going on. Like, you know, dudes chirp, but at the same time, y'all are all in the bubble. So, I mean, if you really want that smoke, you can get that smoke. You know who I really enjoy? You know, they got all these mics on the court because there's no fans. Please tell me my favorite player. I'm talking about Chris Paul. Oh, I'm talking about hearing the commentary. Okay, Chris Paul talked trash, boy. Oh, you been there? He got little man syndrome. (laughs) No, no, no. Melo's real, but I've enjoyed CP. He got some quick comebacks. I love it. Okay, I got you. So, but no, I love the commentary. It's good. It's 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 good hearing them talk trash because like we don't we don't always get that for the people that know they know, but for the people that don't know, they'd be like, oh, this this what NBA guy sound like on the floor. So. But Paul George, Pat Bell, they don't want that. Oh, my goodness. For y'all that don't know, do not come at Dame Dollar. Do not come at Damian Lillard because he is about it. He's the one. What did he say? My track record speaks for itself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he will game winner you. He will come out that night and give you 50. He will tell you about it. Actually, you know what? He won't really tell you about it. He's just going to hoop and prove his point. And after the game, then he'll be like, I, I told y'all. He's definitely a silent assassin. For sure. I just saw a thing on him from social media that I think a lot of people for our younger generation, because there's a lot of these kids that don't know about certain guys, and it's really, really sad about these millennials that don't know about guys that were hooping when they were born. I have this strange feeling, I agree with the person who posts that Dame is going to be somebody that these kids 20 years from now have no idea who he is, and he's going to be top 10 all-time scoring, and you know, just a dude that was really solid that played his whole career in one spot and just went out and strapped it up every night. You think so? You think he's going to be a player that no one knows about? I feel like everybody knows about Dane. I, I do, but it's something about if you're not on that main market or main stage and if you don't have a championship, I just think as much as I love Carmelo, I think there will be some people that be like Carmelo Anthony, like – what was that? Did he win a championship or whatever? And they're not going to remember him winning the championship at Syracuse. They're not going to remember him being, you know, the go-to guy for the Olympics, being possibly top 10 all-time scoring. Like, I mean, it just just the reality of what these kids think about. You saying these kids, you realize you're a millennial yourself. I'm, But I'm not a millennial. <laughs> I'm in generation. Okay, you're right. I am millennial. Sorry, generation X, these 2,000 babies. Yeah, yeah. Two, whatever they are. But don't forget about Jimmy Butler coming at TJ Warren's head. For sure. Jimmy's always been a dog, though. Always. I love that about him. But you know what, though? I think whatever happened between TJ Warren and Jimmy Butler during the season, for everybody that don't know, I mean, they weren't really going to scrap, but some things were said that um, you wouldn't want your children to hear. And I think that turned T.J. Warren into a savage because he's been averaging 35 points in the bubble. He went and got 53. We're talking about a dude that he got traded for cash considerations, not a draft pick, not another player. Like, we'll dump his contract and give us cash. Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with quarantine, too, though. 
everybody is not at the peak of their game right now. Yeah, well, some of these dudes are going crazy in the bubble, like absolutely bonkers. And they're taking advantage. Yeah. like Get, get your money, big fella. Yeah, for real. But shout out Jimmy, you know, coming to do his thing and being one of those dudes that, like, he ain't running from no smoke. He taking all matchups. Sure. So at, at the end of the day, does this championship count? I say yes because I know people are going to say it has an asterisk in it. I, I definitely am a firm believer in that asterisk. I say it counts because I think it's different and it's going to be difficult. You've had to come and, like, essentially get in shape in season and, you know, really go at it. And the the main thing why I say it counts is because up until a few guys are just now starting to get hurt, everybody came into it healthy. Everybody's got their full clip. And I wouldn't say that. Okay, you got the Clippers who are missing some guys because they had just personal things, not because of injury. Well, yeah, I understand that, but I'm saying quarantine has taken a lot of players down a notch. Like you have to consider the momentum. Like momentum is everything, and You're some right. of these teams had a lot of momentum before COVID. Yeah, but but I will say this though: they all had to start out on an even playing field in terms of coming into it, and this, that's why this you is know, true. And everybody's going to have those. You know, small logistical what you know, you know problems with it. You know, guys are just coming back, guys are returning to the lineup, and then you know this whole situation. So I just say that in terms of player health and you know having to essentially stop the momentum, everybody gaining back, it gives that the most equal playing field because sometimes you do get those teams that are playing well at the end of the year and make that push, and they just don't have enough time. You're looking at a team like Phoenix at six and zero who. Now that they've got all their pieces and all their young guys and they've all had a chance to play, now they go in the training camp and be like, all right, we just had like 40, 50 games to figure it out. Like, let's really go do what we do. Let's see if we can make this push. And they're making this push. Definitely. Like, they were the bottom. They were the, Everybody laughed. They're like, you're going to fight Phoenix? They're okay. <laughs> they're they're tied right now. Yeah. But like like I said, you know, out of the, if you put all the young legs and line them up, they probably got the best set of young legs out oh, of all yeah. the teams. Oh, yeah, because New Orleans young – I mean, I already knew Zion was going to struggle trying to, you know, get in shape. Man, and, that weight, he was struggling. Yeah, and, I mean, that, that speaks to how good he is too because this dude, you know, and mind you, I don't, I take what Charles Barkley says with a grain of salt, but if he needs to listen to anybody, it would be Charles Barkley talking about a dude that's, you know – you know, big like that, and had to figure out how to play at a certain weight for him to be effective and great. But if he does, he gets to like a Charles Barkley type level, then that's gonna be and with with that extra athleticism, that'd be kind of scary. I think he's gonna struggle. He has to lose that weight. He has to. It's it's eighty two games. Yeah. He can't like college is different. You don't, you don't have that many games. Here's he the- he can't play with that weight here's a small thing so everybody when you are anywhere between six six and six nine six eight you're technically supposed to be in the nba small forward he's essentially a power forward he has the power my biggest thing is if he loses that i don't know if he can transition to, to being somebody's like small forward so does he have enough weight to bang with other power forwards and does him losing that weight take away from – because there's a difference between power and explosion. He's got both because yeah. he can bully you to the rim and he's explosive. Does he lose the power if he drops, you know, 
40, 50 pounds. Mm. Because at that point, he's essentially trying to jump over everybody. And for people that really know basketball, that one's going to last so long. You look at D-Wade and, and, and Derrick Rose about how long that you get to just try to jump over people before it starts to take a toll and deteriorate your body or you hurt something. Yeah. But he's got big boy weight. So even if he lost the weight and put on muscle, I'd be I'd be happier with that. No, I, I mean, I think at some point he's going to. I just think his body is going to eventually um, mature into that. I think, obviously, he's going to have a chance to be around an NBA staff. He's going to have a, a, a chef and people to really help him with that. And it's just on him to constantly stay on that. You know, look at guys like Melo. Melo's gone through a transition where Melo's naturally a beefier guy. And, you know, he's not as chiseled in tone and he's had to really work at it. I mean, there's I mean, you look at there's other guys in the league that have had to go through that. So if he continues to seek out the right people, he'll he'll figure it out because it's that's a bad comparison, though. Him and Melo. Melo wasn't that big now. No. (laughs) But, you know, you know, another fat boy. Who? Harden. Harden's a fat boy. Oh, yeah. Well, nah, he ain't fat boy. He just built bad. Okay, he just built bad. Cause but you you see the pictures got of him small, and the girdle. Yeah, he got small legs and just a weird upper body. That man's a bucket. Exactly. Another bad comparison. Yeah. But anyways, another dude who's catching fire in the bubble, Austin Rivers. He just had like forty one the other night. I ain't gonna lie. He's no, no disrespect. I feel like I give Austin Rivers the business. <laughs> oh my god, are you disrespecting? I just hate like just watching him. I'm like, how? Because here's the thing. Like you say that because his game has not changed from high school. He literally was hitting the same moves: the bop, bop, the between the leg cross, cross exactly. Across. And I'm looking like how? <laughs> but here's the thing, though. He's better than what you think because he can shoot and he's low key athletic. And he's six five. Can he shoot? Yeah, he don't shoot it like he did at Duke or in high. But here's the thing: he's home. He's from Orlando, so he's killing. He's like, I feel comfortable. I'm exactly. good. Exactly. They said that. What was that? That first game, his commentator said, "Oh, he grew up in this gym." Yeah. Hey, yeah. but here's the thing: though, that I mean, maybe it'll it'll parlay. Yeah. I, I mean, I said that going into the bubble, like just looking at the setup, it's completely it's completely different being like the gym itself. Like yeah. I feel like. People have been shooting through the roof because there's no, there's nothing behind that goal. Yeah, like there's like no stand backdrop. Yeah. yeah, just because the, like the way that they have the screen with the fans is on the sidelines. It's not it, you know, it's not behind the basket. Your depth is just so much easier in that um, in that gym. Yeah, and you also have on the flip side of that, on that sideline, there's nobody there. So you see these dudes just stepping out of bounds because they're used to how many like how tight it is. Yeah. And now you're kind of like, okay, like you can see people be like, they don't even want to be on the sideline. They're like, the game is literally in the middle of the floor. Yeah. yeah. You, like you get to that corner, you're just kind of running mindlessly. There's no, there's nobody. Like if I was them, I understand they wanted to keep the space and the social distance, but I still would have put the, uh, you know, the little side court things. You know, I would have put those like closer to, you know, the, the banner things, the LED banner things. I would have put so it felt more like, realistic, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So. The good thing about this is, is that you, we get all of this, and we're still getting to see these guys, and yet you got to think about like, okay, so you have this condensed season, and then you have all this other stuff that's condensed. Well, what happens going into this next year? Because you get a lot of guys that got a chance to develop. You know, you have all these guys like sitting at home, 
you know what I'm saying? Like going to the next year, like what do you see like going into that next year? Like you got teams that didn't play, teams that did play. Is there going to be a drastic difference? Mm, I feel like there might be, but I feel like they're going to do something in postseason to adjust that. Because, yeah, you have these teams that are playing currently and then the teams that are not that are at the crib, but surely they'll allow, you know, an earlier training camp, you know, for some of them or, you know, I'm sure they'll do something yeah, to, I mean, to just even the playing field. You know, obviously, if you don't make the playoffs, you get four, almost five-month, like, you know, time. But, like, now, if these guys don't play again until December, like, for the teams that didn't come here, mm-hmm. like, and they didn't get ready, like, these guys won't have not played for six months. Yeah. Like, as, at that kind of level, like, think about, like, you've been injured, and, like, the first time you just got back, and you're just like, oh, my God, I'm – I mean, I know I'm like was hurt, but I'm not this terrible. Yeah, like yeah, it's an adjustment, but that's what they're getting paid to do. Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, just pickup can only do so much. So, but the other thing I tell you know our listeners and people like, if you really want to stay up to date with like what's going on, man, go on YouTube. Like some of these NBA guys, they got good vlogs, man. Yeah, who you been watching? Uh, I watched JaVale McGee's vlog. For sure. He's, he's hilarious. Yes, he's very uh, – I watched uh, Matisse Thibel with the Sixers. Yeah. Because he – like, he's getting super recognition for his. Like, he had a call with uh, Jimmy Fallon and just a lot of people picking up. But I think more of that has to do with Philly, the team being more outspoken about everything that's going on. And yeah. Tobias Harris been, like, definitely, like, leading the charge of trying to really speak out for what's going on. Um, Didn't he, like, major in, in that, though? Say, wasn't he like a communications major? I think so. Yeah, so because his production, I was impressed. Yeah, I need to get on that. I need to get on my vlog game. Yeah, so, it's okay. Uh, Troy Daniels got a vlog. Uh, who else? One of my favorite players, favorite hoopers. I didn't realize DJ Augustine was doing a vlog, so I'm gonna check that out. I didn't know that either. Because I watch, just wanna... do you watch Mellows? Is it a vlog or is it his one? The his the... show, he like interviews different people. I just normally just watch the blurbs. I don't Instagram, but I'm, I want to check it out because yeah. that's my guy. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a little lengthy, but it's pretty cool. But he's but then he's on there specifically trying to talk about like what's going on right now. Yeah, so, that's that's why I, I stay tuned in because yeah. I respect that. Yeah, because he's trying to he's trying to talk about his platform. So, but yeah, that's a great way, you know, to you know during the season a lot of times you get um, behind the scenes access or you know if you watch the TNT all that kind of stuff. But because the guys are kind of isolated, this is kind of the best way to get content. Um, so check it out. I mean, you know, cause you guys don't have anything else to do. Yeah. You know, you guys get off of work or you guys are working at home. You got a little downtime on your break, you know, turn on, check out the vlogs. Yeah. I definitely think it's going to be another avenue of revenue for these players. Cause sure. influencing, you can get some bread off that. Yeah. One of the last things I want to talk about is, um, how do you think, you know, cause we talked about it. How do you think the guys and the players are doing, still trying to um, push Black Lives Matter and push um, just bringing about change and then using their platform. That was something we talked about heavy about how are they going to do that? What was going to look like? What would the NBA do along with the players to show their support? What do you think about it? Well, I, I love what they're doing with the jerseys. I can really appreciate that, you know, having the different sayings on the back of them and, you know, plus their names. Um, I've noticed that pretty much everyone that's interviewed says something mm. regarding, you know, Black Lives Mattering. 
So I I enjoy it a lot. Mm. And I respect it and I support it. Yeah, for sure. And one thing is, you know, I hope everybody that listens to us or whatever or, or watches that isn't offended that the NBA would choose to um, really put that in the forefront and, you know, like put it on the floor and put it where it's not like, okay, yeah, we're supporting it, but it's going to be in the background. Like, no, they're right and center on it. It's at the top of the court. So when you see each floor, it, all of them have it. You know what I mean? And I commend them for that. And I don't want anybody to be offended because of the fact that there really is a social injustice. It's not something we can hide anymore. Right. And I think the best way to start to move forward and start to eliminate it is for it to be out in the open and it to be a conversation it can be had. Yeah. Agreed. So we can have conversations about, um, you know, LGBTQ. You know, we should be able to have, you know, those open conversations about things that have happened in the past and what's going on now and how to progress forward. Because I believe that's one of the best things about what makes what's supposed to make America great. Yeah, I I definitely think it's helping and definitely think it's raising awareness. For sure. Man, our last thing, who's going to win? I got OKC. And it's not because I'm from from the city. Guys, that that's that's the that's the fakest biased answer. I don't believe you. It's because you're from the city. It's definitely not because I, I mean, I rock with them, but okay, I've never quick, had them pick. Thirty second. Why are they going to win? Because quarantine, quarantine has worked to their advantage. They've always been the team that moves the ball. You got CP three, who's he's killing a, right he's now. A, right, he's killing, and there's no team that can keep up with them as long as they stay healthy. It's a wrap, and I'm calling it. You heard it here first. Wow. Unfortunately, I don't want to do this because I I I don't see it suffer me. I'm gonna say the Lakers are gonna win only because LeBron hasn't even played well and they've managed to win some games. They managed to lock up the one seed. AD's playing well when he's out there, and I just think they have enough role guys that are gonna hit enough shots. Hopefully, Danny Green comes out of his little slump. But I don't know about Milwaukee. I just don't know. Can Gian- Can Giannis really get it done when it counts? Can they even get past Toronto? Even though they just, even though Boston just smacked the heck out of Toronto a couple nights ago, I just watching Giannis. I don't know. I just don't think he's skilled enough. Like he's just long and he shrinks the court, but I just don't think he's skilled enough. And he he plays so freaking hard, but seven game series when it gets down to the nitty gritty, is he gonna have enough left in the tank to do that? Right. You know. Now, granted. He he built different. He got a different mindset. He he gonna go balls to the wall. So I, he he gonna push the limit. But um, sleeper. Oh, somebody we didn't talk about their performance just from us living here. Luka Doncic is man. That's a cold white boy. Yeah, I, I mean, I just thought about that. We couldn't have had this segment and not mention Luka. Like it's. But you can't mention him. What about the duo? Are you talking about him and Porzingis? Boy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I people, I think people like wanted him to be good, like when he got to Dallas. But I like for people to really know, like if you got the Porzingis that was like really showing what he could in New York, it was going to be a problem for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they play well together. If they if if they got somebody else to go with what they got, because they're wrong. Yeah, I mean, their role guys are doing like Seth Curry's doing his thing. Trey Burke is coming off behind Luca. Uh, he's he's had a. <sighs> 
He's always been a gamer, though, since since he left Michigan. I mean, it's just one of those things. He just had to eventually say, I'm just going to be a backup point guard, and I got to come score and get buckets. Yeah. Like, somebody pay me to do what I do. Because, like, Michigan, you like, oh, he going to ball out. And then mm-hmm. he got there, and it's like, what happened? Yeah. But he figured it out. For sure. So, man. So you got L.A.? That's what we – Yeah, because, excuse me, the Lakers. Yeah. No disrespect, yeah, yeah. Clippers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just – we we talked about it off air in the Clippers. I just think it's gonna take too long for them to get their chemistry. Trying to get Montrez just got there. Um, you know, Landry just got there and is just now getting him like back to playing. Lou is just now gonna get to play again from his uh parlaying his uh but just lampoon. think but just think about the players you just said. How long is it really gonna take them? Because the, they're natural right. dogs. Yeah, you're right. It's not that's gonna take them that long though. But I think their biggest thing is this this there's not enough basketballs to go around for all of them. Like they've been figuring it out though. Before COVID. Have they really? Before COVID, they were rolling. Because think okay, think about this though. On paper, they're better than the Lakers. On paper. For sure. But yet the Lakers were like, you know, a significant four or five games above them, yeah. you know, for the one seed. But I think that's because of the start of the season. Yeah. They fell back in the start, but then they started figuring out. That's that's what I'm saying. Momentum has a lot to do with this. Yeah. Now, somebody asked me a very interesting question. Are they truly really better than the Nuggets? Like, because the Nuggets have all their young guys healthy, and them dudes are getting to it. Jokic is playing point guard. They they literally have a 6-9 and up lineup. Man. It's scary. Uh, what's it, Bobo? Bobo! <laughs> <laughs> I said, what? And then Michael Porter Jr., he is showing why, like people said, oh, he's he's the number one pick. He's he's that type of guy. I'm I'm... Very happy that he's playing how he's playing because at first I was like, "Oh, Greg Oden." Yeah, but I, I mean, okay, he's almost Greg, but you know, him not getting taken one, you know. But my thing is, I saw it because I've got a chance to see him up close and personal at the Adidas camp, and then you know him being at Missouri. Um, I just thought he was a little soft. But I knew the talent was there, and I knew he was different. People were saying about him versus Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley's a true four. I mean, he's a he's a legit three. I mean, he he can put the ball on the floor. He can shoot it. You know, I look for him to kind of take the kind of progression if he's allowed to do that in Denver, like a Brandon Ingram. He may have to leave Denver because Jamal Murray and Jokic get a lot of the you know shots and a lot of the shine. But I think if he goes somewhere where someone needs a a, a legit wing. We may see the same kind of jump that Brandon Ingram took from leaving L.A. to go to the Pelicans now. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, Ingram. I know you talked about that. It's, man, man, man. As much as I want to give Devontae Graham most improved if, after not liking him at Kansas, just maybe it was a little envy. You know, whatever. It's okay. But <laughs> Brandon Ingram's probably most improved. Gotta man. be. He gotta be. Hey, I'm, I'm going to give it to him. Man, because so. I I tell you the truth, I was skeptical when he was at L A. I was like, mm. well, you could see it. I mean, just coming from Duke, I mean, when Duke always had, you know, out of all the recruits, they have all the big time guys. They got one guy that's going to come in, that's going to get the shots, and you could see it just because it, you follow the path of those other guys, you'll figure it out. Yeah, I th- well. I feel like it had a lot to do with the team too. I feel like he was kind of reserved because of who was he was surrounded by. Yeah, for sure. But in New Orleans, 
he letting loose. Oh yeah, they, I mean he's he's just, he's essentially the guy. I know Zion's supposed to, but I mean you you can't rely on him to play you know more than twenty five minutes a game. So someone's got to like be consistently be like, all right, I, I got him and Drew Holiday are definitely it. So, yeah. But man, everybody was glad that we could get back and talk to y'all. This hiatus was rough. Yeah. As you can see, we had a lot to talk about. For Touched sure. on a few topics. Yeah. Good conversation though. Oh yeah. Man, can't wait for this next episode. Something we've been dying to do. This WNBA thing. They got their bubble. They got their stuff going. You know, we're gonna talk about, you know, everything that's going on, you know, what they're doing to support, you know, um, the women's movement, you know, Black Lives Matter movement, um, how they're trying to progress their game. Um, so it's gonna be a really good episode. For sure. Man, you already know what to do. Follow me on my Instagram, B underscore great K A E. Follow your boy, witness your moment. Your, you are. Yes, sir, you already know. Get at that Twitter. See the floor underscore. Till next time, y'all. See life like you see the floor. <laughs>